Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Well, I guess you know what that sound means. Welcome to another podcast. Thanks in advance for taking a little bit of time. I just cut and lit a Southern Draw Cedrus cigar. It's a uh, Bellicoso 5.5 by 52. It's box pressed. This is a surprisingly good cigar. Let me straighten up that burn just a little bit here. There we go. It has an Indonesian Sumatra wrapper. It's wrapped around a Nicaraguan Habano seed binder, which gives it an amazing flavor. It uh, starts off smelling like cedar almost, um, but the taste isn't like cedar. The, the taste is a really mild pepper taste, a little bit spicy. It starts to get sweet after about an inch or so. Then it just gets nice and sweet, but it just gets better and better as, as the cigar goes on. So you might want to try one of these. It's a Southern Draw Cedrus in the Bellicoso size. And with it right here is just a good old standby bourbon. This is Basil Hayden. Oh, that's good stuff. Mm-mm. Pairs quite well with this Southern Draw cigar. So I was having a conversation earlier today with Donnie, uh, Donnie Kitigua, who, as you know, is the executive vice president of our companies and someone I've worked closely with for years, talking with him a little bit about some stress and frustration that I was experiencing with some projects that we have got going on. And mostly this stress and frustration is about me, not the projects, but talking a little bit about that. And in his um, a very pointed and perfect way, he interrupted me partway through my montage <laughs> and asked, what are you afraid of? Well, I, I, I don't know. And he said, no, really, what are you, what are you afraid of? You're, you're kind of hard on yourself here. What, tell me what you're afraid of. Isn't that a great question? You can't really ask that of folks that you, uh, that you don't know well, but it is a wonderful question. In fact, let's call this podcast, What Are You Afraid Of? If this had a subtitle, I think I would call it The Unspoken Fears of Leaders. So you're a leader. Maybe you're a manager. Maybe you're a supervisor. Maybe you're all three of that put together, but you're wanting to influence people to do great things that won't happen unless folks work hard at it over a long period of time. And you put together groups of people that are focused unselfishly on the cause. And you're a leader of that kind of group of people. Many of us have these undercurrents of challenges and stresses and fears that are profoundly difficult to even think about or identify, profoundly difficult to understand. We find ourselves, when we are afraid, calling that fear something else. And we find ourselves looking away from the fear and downshifting and gutting it out without ever really facing the fear that you and I can have as leaders. Let's take a few minutes and talk through what I have learned personally when fear has gripped me as a leader and what I've learned from folks much wiser than I whenever fear grips me as a leader. What actually is fear? Well, we know for sure it is a complex neuropsychological response to real threats. But it's also a complex neuro and psychological response to 
perceived threats. And here's the kicker. <laughs> our mind and our body cannot tell the difference between real and perceived threats. If something feels like a threat, we go into full-on threat mode. We become afraid. It doesn't have to be real. It just has to feel real. Another thing we've learned about this amazing thing called fear is that it is the original word for stress. We've talked about this in earlier podcasts, so perhaps you caught one of those, but stress is actually fear. This will help you manage stress on a higher level if you remember that, that whenever you say, I'm stressed, or think I'm stressed, or work with someone who says, I'm so stressed, take the word stress out and replace it with the accurate word, fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. How was your day? Oh, it was just kind of a stressful day. Well, what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. It was just stressful. Well, no. Stress is fear. So fear is this complex neurological and psychological response to real or perceived threats. And fear is stress, and stress is fear. Fear in leaders takes on a different form than folks who are not leaders, and you've probably discovered that. Fear, of course, is not necessarily about what is happening right now. It's certainly not about what happened yesterday or hours ago. Fear is about what might happen, what's right around the corner. It's not necessarily about the moment we're in right now. We can handle that. You've learned how to handle that. In fact, you're one of those folks that we call built for the storm, which we've talked about a lot. You're a resilient kind of person. You can handle now really well. <laughs> it's what might happen around the corner that is the thing that causes our fear. A little bit of a sidebar. Perhaps you're like me. I'm a strategist. I love strategy. I like thinking about it. I like planning it. I like looking at all of the options and the potential that's out there. I like imagining if strategy A doesn't go well, then let's do another strategy. I really like that kind of thing. And I'm quite good at it, but it has a downside to it. In order to be a really good visionary and strategic thinker, we have a very vibrant imagination and we're always looking for fodder for our imagination. And that vibrant imagination can kick into high gear when you and I are imagining what might happen that begins to create fear. I've learned a lot over the years, and so have you, I'm sure. In fact, I might have learned some of this even from you. You know who you are. I've learned to plan well. I've learned to pivot. I've learned to plant. I've learned to produce. And then rinse and repeat and do that over and over and over again. Plan, pivot, plant my feet, lean in, plant the organization, plant the team, and then produce. Then do it again. Plan, pivot, plant, produce over and over and over. Learned how to do that incredibly well so that I can move from one strategy to another and adopt and, and adapt to changes that I hadn't foreseen. I'm good at that. I like it. I like it a lot. Until that vivid imagination of mine is unleashed at very high speed on something that's causing fear in me. In fact, as a leader, some of the ingredients uh, of our personalities that might fuel fear are the very things that are our strengths. I have a vivid imagination. I'm quite visionary. You're probably talking about yourself here or thinking about yourself as I describe myself. And along with a vivid imagination and an ability to create fairly effective strategies and to imagine each step along that strategy and then to pivot when I need to pivot. Along with that, we as leaders often have emotional 
emotions that go <laughs> with our vision and with the people that we're partnering with to bring this vision about. This emotional connection makes that vision come to life and it is part of the joy connecting emotionally with the people we're on this journey with. Being a passionate, imaginative, visionary leader in a way sets me up to have fear impact me more than someone who may not have a vivid imagination or may not have the passion behind their work. You could probably name people who just never seem to be afraid. If you were to unpack the inner architecture of their personality, you'd probably discover that they don't have a lot of emotional connection with the vision that they're trying to achieve, or perhaps with the people that they're trying to achieve it with. So they don't really get afraid. Well, that's okay. But that's not how I'm wired, and that's not how you, as I'm thinking of four or five of you now as I record this podcast, that's probably not how you're wired either. So we as leaders are in a place constantly where we have a vision, and we want to achieve that vision. And like I spoke about in an earlier podcast, there's a gap between reality and the vision, and that gap can sometimes be quite difficult for us to bear. And then if the gap appears to be getting larger for some reason, instead of static or smaller, <laughs> we can experience fear. The very act of leading, the very mechanics of leading, the ingredients that go into being an effective leader set us up to be more susceptible to fear than folks who are not leaders. And as a little bit of a sidebar, we are leading now in an environment that makes a lot of money off of fear. Because we are so connected, it is very easy for connectivity and those enterprises that drive our connectivity to use fear as a way to get us to stay on our iPad longer or stay on the news broadcast longer or stay on social media longer. And fear will cause us to focus on the thing we're afraid of. This connected society that we are a part of is actually, like my friend John once mentioned, part of a fear industrial complex. John, I love that phrase. So because we are in a connected environment, the things that can trigger our fear are much more readily available to us than they used to be. So here we are, these visionary, passionate leaders in a connected society, and it's easy for our fear to become a prominent part of our day and of our personality. What are we afraid of? Let's go back to Donnie's question. What are you afraid of? There are several things that we are afraid of. I'll go through a list really quickly, see if any of these are you. I find that I can easily become afraid of being inadequate to the vision. The vision is compelling and large and wonderful, and I see it and I want it very badly, and then I realize, oh, it's much bigger than me. I'm inadequate to that vision. Maybe I have a fear of being inadequate to the challenge of executing the vision, not just of communicating the vision or creating the vision, but making it actually happen. That's another fear. Another fear is in a category of not enough. I notice that is a source of fear for me and for some of my friends who have had the opportunity to share with me some of their fears as leaders. I have a fear of that's not enough money, not enough time, not enough progress, not enough partners, not enough speed. Maybe you have another type of fear. Perhaps a fear for you is the fear of failing. Or here's one that's really close to home for me, a fear of succeeding wildly and then failing. That is fear that I can't do it again. That maybe, maybe I was a one-hit wonder, or a two-hit wonder, or a 78-hit wonder. Maybe I can't, I actually can't do it again. 
That's a fear that I've noticed in myself and in some of my friends over time. Occasionally, I wonder that's related to that. I, maybe I might be a little afraid that, that I was just accidentally excellent. You know that thing back there, back in the day? It was really excellent. Maybe that was just accidental. <laughs> it's not intentional excellence. It's accidental excellence. The winds of weirdness aligned perfectly, and I stumbled face first into a pile of success. But I could never do that again. Maybe that's... That's a little bit of a, of a fear. It doesn't paralyze me, but it, I do wonder about that. You know, a fear that some of my friends report also as leaders is the fear of being alone. Not that there aren't other people around, but being truly alone in the depths of your vision and of your strategy and of your assessment of your skills and those around you. Alone in carrying burdens that you feel like you're the only one who can carry. You're probably wrong, but you feel like you're the only one who can carry those burdens. Everyone else has got their own backpacks full of their own burdens to carry, and I don't want to give them another 25 pounds. And so you feel like you're alone or maybe you're alone in your thoughts or alone in your plans or your dreams or your perspective on something. And you look around and think, no one thinks like this. And then if you tentatively share it with those close to you, they don't get it. <laughs> maybe there's also the fear of running out or maybe the greatest fear, maybe the greatest fear you might experience is the fear of not even being able to try your ideas and your skills in the first place. You don't even get a chance to come to the table. The opportunity is there, but not for you. The grand form of the fear of missing out on the opportunity. For most of us as leaders, it's more stressful, fear-inducing, to sit back than it is to dive in with all the risks that are involved. In fact, for me, it feels more risky to sit back than it does to engage. And maybe you're like that too. So all of these fears, maybe there's more. Maybe there's the fear of monsters under the bed. <laughs> you know, maybe there's all those fears. But it seems to me that all of our fears as leaders boil down to two of our greatest fears, two big categories. Maybe that's a way of thinking about it. The fear of control, and the fear of criticism. The control fear, of course, is that is it's out of my control. It's beyond me. There's not enough time, not enough money, not enough people. I don't know what to do. I don't have the levers that work. I pull this and nothing happens. That's a fear of control. It's just not going to happen. My effort isn't going to make a difference. That's a control-based fear. And then the criticism-based fear. This is the other bucket into which all of those above fit. The criticism fear, you know exactly what that is, that people you care what they think will think less of you because you failed at it or were not able to make the best decision or the decisions you thought that were wonderful proved to be pretty bad. So control fears or criticism fears. All right, so there we live. I, maybe you've got other fears in your mind that you're thinking of. Maybe you can't even name any of them. Well, hang on a minute. Let's pivot to what, what have I actually learned? And again, with great thanks, with gratitude toward the people who've invested in me over the years, I wanna give them all of the credit for what I have actually learned. What have I learned? So that fear does not become the primary deciding factor for my leadership decisions, for when I get up and when I go to bed and what I eat and what I think and where I go and what I try and what I stop doing. I don't want fear to be the main factor. In fact, I'd like it to be a very small factor in my leadership decisions. So what have I learned? I've learned to recognize this thing I'm feeling as fear. 
actually call it what it is. And last week at a point in time, there were a bunch of challenges that were converging on me. I was mentally tired, physically tired, quite distracted. And those challenges looked like they were going to converge in such a way that it was not going to go very well. And I began to become afraid. I noticed the fear. I noticed the feelings of fear. I noticed the focus that happens, the tunnel vision where I can only see a little bit in front of me. And I noticed the cognitive tunneling, which is I could only think about one thing, fancy term for worry. I noticed that a few seconds into it and I could feel the fear gripping me physically. And I asked myself, what am I afraid of? So what have we learned? First of all, recognize it as fear. Second, what am I afraid of? Third, write it down. Now, I don't know if you use a journal. It sure works for me. It's not a digital journal. It's a leather-bound journal. I've got dozens of these over the years that are stacked up on my shelf for my grandchildren to read if they have the courage after I'm gone. But in these journals, I write down free-flowing thoughts, and often those thoughts are about what I'm feeling. And then I refer back to them day after day and haven't missed a day writing in my journal for decades. And in that journal, when fear shows up, I will actually write about the fear. What am I afraid of? Write about it. Recognize it as fear. What am I afraid of? Write about it. And then the next thing I've learned is to get real. This is such an important step as a leader in managing your fear. Get real. So if the thing I'm afraid of happens just the way I'm thinking about it, then what? You might want to even stop the podcast right here and do some of that work on your own. If this thing happens, then what? Actually think about it. Actually write it down. Be specific. The next thing I've learned is to ask for perspective from people who know me, know the challenges, know themselves, and they care much more about me than they do about my feelings, or they care more about the mission we're trying to accomplish than they do about my feelings or even their own personal comfort. Ask for perspective. There's something neurological and then psychological about fear that causes us to distort our perspective and only to remember things that fuel the fear and to completely forget the things that have actually uh, enabled us to manage the fear earlier. So I ask for perspective. Then I actually ask for help. And then I make a plan and I take the first step. All of this I call leaning in to the fear. I lean into the fear. And I know, you know this too, that this fear I'm feeling because of one of those reasons or others that I mentioned a few moments ago is going to happen again. And so I want to get really good at leaning into fear. Here's a pro tip for you. I want to be good at leaning into the fear in the first five minutes. That is the most important part. Lean into the fear, address it directly, and do all of those things that I mentioned above. Number one, recognize, oh, this is fear. Number two, answer the question, what am I afraid of? Number three, write it down. Number four, get real. So if this happens, then what? Write that down too. Number five, ask for perspective. Here's what's going on. I need some perspective and do it quickly. And number six, ask for help. Can you help me with this? Because number seven, you're going to make a plan and you're going to take the first step right away on that plan. I call all of that leaning in to the fear. And it sounds like a lot of steps, but it happens quite quickly. And remember that first five minutes when you recognize the fear as a leader is incredibly important. Don't let that fear be a drag on your vision and on your passion for hours, days, weeks, months. It'll grind you to powder. So as we wind up this conversation, what do you do? 
and recognize that as fear. Name it, describe it, actually give it words. There's quite a bit of research around what happens in our brain to all of the cascade of neurochemicals that are occurring when we're afraid, if we name something. And you know, another thing I found to be very helpful after I've done those steps that I just walked you through a moment ago is to change time zones for the thing I'm afraid about. And I like to think about what's it going to be like right after I've leaned in and dealt with the fear. Now, I've had a lot of experience in leaning into fear and addressing it, and so I know exactly what it's going to be like right after I'm dealt with the fear. I don't know the exact outcome. I don't know which way the billiard balls of opportunity in life will fly, but I do know what I will be like. I do know what I will feel like. I know how I will think. I know that right after dealing with fear and stepping up and leaning into it, I find myself much more generous than I was when I was afraid, much more creative. My humor returns. My energy goes way up. Anyway, change time zones. Think about what's it going to be like right after you've dealt with that fear. And then take some very small action. Take a step. This approach to fear, this leaning into fear, enables me to harness the fear of leading. To then move instead of be paralyzed by fear. To act, to decide, to start, to pivot. In fact, it doesn't take long to turn grappling with fear, leaning into it into an adventure. And that's what it's all about. Remember, we want to choose adventure over comfort. So my friend, with all of that, what are you afraid of? Lean in, harness that fear, do it right now. Make that call, write that letter, send that email, make that decision, stop this, start that in some small way right now. Why? We really need you to succeed. You're doing important work. You would not be listening to this podcast if you were not a person who is in the middle of doing important work or aspiring to do important work. And if we were seated together in this sound booth or maybe somewhere else where there's better ventilation, <laughs> I'd pull out another one of these Southern Draw. I kind of want to say it like it has an L on the end of it for some reason, with all respect to my friends in the Southern United States. Southern Draw is kind of how I want to say it. I'd share one of these Southern Draw cigars with you, and I'd pour you a glass of Basil Hayden's with one ice cube, and we'd talk about things we used to be afraid of, but we're not afraid of anymore. And how the heck did that happen? <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. You know my email address. You know how that works. Also, uh, just in case you did not know this, maybe you just joined this podcast, we have, we have some video versions of these that you can see. Uh, this one may not make it into the video version on YouTube, but if you go to YouTube and uh, search for Hilt, H-I-L-T, Academy, on YouTube, you'll see my mug, and we've got 25, 30, 35 videos up there by now of various ideas. Go check that channel out. If you like it, subscribe to it when you're there. As soon as you get into it, you think, I, I think I kind of like it. Subscribe to it, because what that does is it tells me that uh, that's actually valuable. So it's a fairly new channel. It's only been out for a few months. But we also have taken some of the things that we've learned and put them onto a paid site. So if you're in an organization where you want some training for some of your leaders, managers, supervisors, there's a few things up there that, that might be helpful. You can find that at the following address. You got a pen? It is Hilt Academy, H-I-L-T Academy dot Thinkific, T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com. Hilt Academy 
www.thinkific.com. And there's a few courses up there, and we're adding new ones all the time. It's just me walking and talking and, and, and sharing some of the stuff we've learned from folks because it's easier for you to get it that way into your team than for me to fly there and be with you and drink all of your bourbon and smoke all of your cigars. <laughs> uh, so, what are you afraid of? Better get back to work. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.